0: Thank you for joining us on the Lovecraft Country Recap Show, a podcast about HBO's Lovecraft Country, produced by Misha Green and Jordan Peele, based on the novel by Matt Ruff. I'm your host, JP. I'm joined by three new friends, Anita D., Devin Brown, and Money G. I say new friends because we're all basically strangers. We haven't known each other very long, maybe a few weeks, so this is going to be interesting, to say the least. We're going to bring a unique and diverse perspective about each episode as we navigate through the story with you. Lovecraft Country premieres in about a week from, it's actually a week from tomorrow. Um, So we've got pretty much four strangers together to record a podcast about the show, kind of like a recap. And uh, my name is Jason Price. We're all located in Columbus, Ohio. I've got Money G, a local comedian. We've got Devin Brown. Hi. And we've got Anita.
1: Anita, yes, that's Anita. Me.
0: And we're um, kind of all new to the podcast game. I've I've been around for about six months. Devin's got his own show. Money G has a Facebook page, um, or a YouTube channel. I'm sorry.
2: <coughs> Money G at Funny Bone on YouTube. There you go. And Money G Goins on Facebook.
0: Money G Goins. It'll be in the description of the podcast. Um, so we decided that... Uh, that we would come together and review this show. It seems like it's um, getting pretty good reviews by the by the professional critics. Mm-hmm. It's a Jordan Peele and Misha Green production. They are not newcomers by any means. However, uh, they are exceeding expectations when it comes to their productions. Absolutely. Um, and so the, the the story is written by Matt Ruff, and uh, I've done a little bit of um, research on Matt. I've started reading the book. Um, I'm not going to have any spoilers for each episode, but uh, I will kind of do a comparison from the production to the actual book um has anybody else here done any research in Matt
3: Ruff not on him specifically but the story kind of as a whole I've I've done a, a little googling on some sleuthing some sleuthing some sleuthing on it well Matt Ruff
0: was born in New York City and um He's, uh, he was born in 65, so that makes him about 10 years older than me in his mid-50s. And he's a white dude, mm-hmm. which I found kind of shocking when I started reading the book, how loose he is with terminology. and yeah. uh, It kind of reminds me, just in the vernacular, about uh, Quentin Tarantino, Yeah. 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 And how you know he was loosey goosey with some of his terminology and
1: very unapologetic too. Yeah, I
0: mean, (laughs) it's 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 hard this day and age because this is a very uh, controversial type of story uh, because it's real to an extent. I mean, if you look at the monsters in people's lives, uh, there couldn't be any more bigger monster than racism.
1: Absolutely not. Right.
0: So, you know, I mean, he uh, seemed to have, and when I say he, I mean Matt Ruff, mm-hmm. seemed to have wanted to write a book that um, kind of analyzed that and put, what was it, the video I was watching where he was um, – That book review. The book review was about five years ago. Yeah. He wanted to make this as a TV show, but it wasn't being picked
1: up. Right. That's what he said. Mm -hmm.
0: And um, he wanted to make a story of racism in the earlier days of Mm -hmm. the civil rights era with um, the hero as being like a sci-fi, you know, Pulp Fiction style and pulp fiction, as in, like, the style of, um, you know, detectives and all that stuff. So it seems like this story couldn't have been, uh, coming to the small screen at any better time. Right. In my opinion, right. Right. with what's going on with the Black Lives Matter and the police brutality. So, um, we'll see how this, the show is received with the public. Right. Um, sure it'll do just fine with it being Jordan Peele and Misha green. And, um, like, so with, with that said, let's kind of move into, uh, the HP Lovecraft aspect of it. Um, H. P. Lovecraft was a really interesting character in himself. Uh, I didn't realize how deep his racism was rooted until fairly recently. Um, we all know H. P. Lovecraft through his stories of the macabre and mm-hmm. horror and uh, Cthulhu, call of Cthulhu and and you know, the, I I always think of the Reanimator. He was he was big in like oh gosh. Bringing people right. back to life, yeah. And uh, but he was racist, man. He was pretty racist. He wrote a lot of um, very disparaging stories about, uh, you know, the. <laughs> it's hard. It's hard to get into just because of how emotional people are these days. But I was talking to somebody and I was like, what, how many, seriously though, how many like white people back in the 1920s, 1930s weren't racist? Yeah. You know, I mean, it was, there wasn't. You,
1: you had to be, you, if you couldn't be, you wouldn't be allowed to be a part of your community. They would. They would alienate you. Well, one of the things that um,
0: H.P. Lovecraft was very against was uh, race mixing. Right. And that isn't that uncommon even today. You know, Um, one of the things I'm pretty proud of with our podcast is this is a very diverse group. Mm -hmm. We have white, People here, we have African American people here, black. We have I'm Creole, Creole, <laughs> you know. I mean, <laughs> I'm a I'm like, hey, Pocky, Como so <laughs> a human pocky. you know, I mean, we have a very d- diverse group here, and um, I think we can have different insights from right. our own perspectives, absolutely. Uh-huh. Um,
1: you like was talking about the mace, the mix of race thing, how he was against that. So, yeah, just having biracial children, you really get a big glimpse mm-hmm. into a whole other world. Right. It's pretty intense.
2: You know what? And not to skip subject, like with you saying that uh, my grandmother's sister had her first baby by the senator of Alabama. What? And
1: uh, Your grandmother's sister? Yeah, yeah. By choice or no?
2: Well, yeah. Okay. She, you know... I guess she just figured it's part of the job title. So, yeah. you know, what her, was your grandmother's sister a job? Um, she was actually a maid. Okay. And um, so, what he did to keep it on the hush, he bought. He gave her like ten acres of land and and animals to keep mm-hmm. it quiet. But yeah. my cousin is actually the son of the senator. So, wow. And uh, yeah. he's the same age as my grandmother. So, you know, well,
0: I, race relations ever since the beginning of time have been. Pretty much that uh, that way is like, you know, you have kind of like, a, like people think of like exotic, you know, it's taboo. Right. You know what I mean? I mean, it's not a secret that beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Right. So, like, if I want that, I'm going to try to get it. And then when it happens, it's like, oh, shit, what did I do? Right. Uh, you right. know what I mean? It's like. And I'm coming from the perspective of a uh, Alabama senator from the right. 1940s or whenever, 1950s. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, it's... The race relations today aren't really that different than they were in the 1940s and 50s. And I say relations. I mean, obviously, there are still disparities and injustices and oppression and it's like for anybody to try to say that doesn't exist is foolish right or blind oh but they do it yeah. all day, right. all, day. Right. all day yeah so yeah, i the, mean
1: the idea of having to learn to coexist and have to put things under the rug and keep yourself tactful in community conversations or at work and having a lot of restrictions put on you has forced people to kind of compartmentalize those ideas, but when it comes out, it usually comes out in anger or a frustrating moment in their life where they're having to deal with someone different, or and the things that are like being perpetuated from like social media and things in the news and stuff. So yeah, you start to deal mm-hmm. with people who now it's it was in them already, yeah. But there's things now that are just cracking them open, and it's coming out. So yeah, it's a big exposure that's happening right now.
0: Right. So it's like very commendable for this uh, mm-hmm. this this show to come out right now. Right. You know, it probably wasn't planned to be dropped in the middle of a pandemic.
2: Right, right, right. <laughs> you, know? you know what, Jason, let me ask you a question. What's up? So, you know, we we, we say things haven't really changed much from the 30s and 40s to now. Um, I wonder how would that pertain to white people who were abolitionists back in those days? Um, Oberlin College, I mm-hmm. went to the upper bound program there, which is... Program you go to for six weeks in the summer, keep me off the streets, 9th, 10th, 11th, 12th grade. So, Oberlin College, the first black woman graduated from there, but also they had the main system of the Underground Railroad and they had a very large uh, Indian uh, refuge where Indian stayed and they were safe there. And it seems like even when I was there um, in the 90 through 94, that, you know, they have statues of white guys that were friends of slaves, killed killed slave retrievers, people that come to retrieve slaves. And it's kinda like a different vibe. Like I haven't really never been a place like that, as opposed to like Kentucky, Tennessee, yeah. but only in Oberlin, Ohio. So I think it depends on the movement of abolitionists in each cities, those cities where they weren't mainly at, yeah. Did accept it more it's mixing, cause a lot of white guys they wanted to dip into the into the cocoa. You know what I'm saying?
0: Right. Well, I mean, you have to think of it also right. like in terms of abolitionists, meaning some people were for free trade, free labor. Right. There's a difference between slave labor and free labor. Right. You know, some people uh, who are were abolitionists weren't necessarily fighting for the rights of the people. Right. But for the economical aspect
1: benefits
0: yeah like you know they a lot of arguments for free labor was you know the the people who are slaving in the fields it's
1: mass manipulation
0: aren't your happiest workers
2: right Mm, exactly so
0: if you pay people and let them live free lives right then you're gonna prosper as a company
2: and also sharecropping
0: sharecropping Right. There's so, something in it for you guys. You yeah. Busting ass, we're going to Well, and that's where it leads yeah. into Jim Crow, right? See, you know, um, white uh, privilege stems from white supremacy. You know, this country was founded on white supremacy, and that's a dirty word when it comes to a lot of people. Because, you know, there's a lot of people that deny that. And um, when it comes down to it, the, the white supremacy angle is born out of the ignorance of self-awareness. You know, like when people came here from Europe, they were tribal. You know what I mean? Oh. They were tribal. So basically looking in the lens of that is um kind of uh, i'm not trying to be an apologist for that but we've grown so much now in our worldview that we know that that we can we can open up our lens to a much bigger you know uh Uh culturalist is that even a word culturalist (laughs)
1: Sounds good to me. Yeah, does. Um with so, it, feel you.
0: Yeah, a, a much larger culture, and I can we can look in each each person's lens through their lens a little bit easier now mm. than we could back then. Back then, it was just like everybody was savages, right? Everybody, right. indigenous people, were savages. You know, uh, obviously the pioneers were savages. Mm. Um, it was kill or be killed,
3: right? You know, it's uh, interesting to me we we use that word supremacy right and then so many people that are connected to it are like the opposite of supreme does that make sense like hp lovecraft like he has a legacy now but like didn't he die like pretty much penniless like he couldn't really sell his stories well it wasn't until
0: after he was he had passed like a lot of artists like a lot of artists yeah so it's like he
3: had he had these sort of ideals but at the same time like you're failing at, like, everything you're trying to do. So it's like this weird, almost kind of like a defense mechanism or something, like what you saw with, like, Hitler and stuff. Like, oh, I can't be an artist, so now I'm going to lash out on this this group of people. Um, I just always find that interesting, like, the people that are always, like, "Um, white power, blah, blah, blah. They're, like, the most lackluster people.
0: Yeah, yeah, I mean... That's a good insight is, is what, what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. White power. You've got no power at
2: all or teeth, you know, <laughs> so it's like, what, <laughs> how are you
3: superior? Yeah. Right yeah. That's well, why just- it's
2: learned. You know, I'm, you know, one thing I can say is, uh, and, and this is not a sellout for me, but, um, you know, I'm a, I'm a avid Bible reader. I, I grew up in the Bible and stuff, but you know, to me, every country has had its turn. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, people don't look at Pharaoh in the Bible in Egypt as being a black person, but he uh, mm-hmm. was quite ruthless. And uh, you know, uh, so I believe that every country has its turn. And really, in America, the rules are still kind of being pressed in stone because it's such a young country. Yeah, and absolutely, I've been a lot of places. Like, I could have took a trip to Mexico. But I ain't wanna go to Mexico because I don't want nobody to steal my organs. Yeah. (laughs) Okay? (laughs) Right. So I've met Indian people. They don't like black or white people. Okay? I've met a lot of different races of people who don't want to water down their race. Right. With outside races. And and so what I'm saying here is that we we make it, you know, we're white people this way and that way, and you got the Karen's and things like that, but every race to me is really jacked up.
0: Yeah. Right.
2: Okay. And I, I think now in a time we're entering, it's really between rich and poor and, and it's getting to that because, uh, right. It, even in in Alabama, I never really dealt with racism because the cops and the, the cops were black and white. They just, they didn't like poor people. Yeah.
1: Right. Well, I know like, um, around the time uh, the president was elected at the last election, um, I had wrote something I posted on Facebook that, uh, you know, the thing with being white is you don't really know what your true roots are. And I think there's a level of um, feeling – you know like you don't you're not part of something bigger than you um you know am i irish am i german am i french am i this you know black people can come in latin people can come in and say hey this is what i am this is how i look this is how how you see me but white people come in and we're coming from a thousand different angles so i think there's a feeling of um insecurity um when it comes you know to the idea of what are our roots we have had to appropriate You know to survive so you know you think back to not even very long ago in our history when you know well the world war ii for instance when germans lived here in america they were hated so they had to change their lifestyles change the way they cook so they could fit in with other change
0: the way they spelled their names yes Mm.
1: because they could no longer be german or they were they were targets you know because of the stuff not even that they were involved with the things going on in germany but you, know, you have to think about how we've had to water down our history right. to become this mortgage board of, of diversity here in America of all these different options. So we're all, f- and I think that's when they, when especially white Americans, start gripping onto these um, social groups like the KKK or they try to get involved with different things to try to really find a ground, um, a foundation of saying, you know, I, I belong to something, I'm standing for something, I'm, I'm fighting, you know, to keep this superior race, which I agree with you, there's no supremacy in being white. Um, but the idea of if we keep allowing this mix that we are, eventually all of our kids are going to be mixed, they're all going to be a different, different integration of racial backgrounds that, and they be, just become these amazing little cultural beings Mm -hmm. but that's part of life this is a history of being a human being i mean we were cavemen at one time you know we've evolved from these things because people were traveling around the world and realizing oh there's a lighter skin group of people that live up in the snowy mountains there's darker skin so you start blending these people and uh, i think the problem is people just don't want to change and they feel like allowing black people to have more of what they have it feels makes them feel uneasy and uncomfortable. What do you mean more of what they have? The like, wealth. The 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 ability to go out and buy property in places without being judged or and not saying that pe- black people can't go and do those things, but after you move into a predominantly white community, you're you're alienated. Mm-hmm. You're gonna have a lot of people that are gonna be still like, Hey, I don't want you here. Yeah. It's like why? What's so different other than a skin color? Well at the end of the day that's, that's it.
0: You know, the the whole definition of systemic racism. Exactly. Right. You know, there's redlining and there's, but why are we afraid of change? Well, there's also, you know? um, there's also self guided segregation. Right. That too. You know, there's the always conditioning. Yeah. The, I'm going to stick with my kind at the lunch table.
2: Right. Right. You know, you, you know what you saying that, what, what, <laughs> this is my, my thing right here. So I moved to Columbus and I, I see, I find out there's a lot of Somalians and a lot of Ethiopians and this and the other, but mm-hmm. the black people here don't agree and say, well, we're on the same team. Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So when, when people say, well, black or this and that, you know, one thing about it is I find out black, all black people are not together. Mm-hmm. And and sometimes, like you say, from your experience growing up, if you grew up poor, or this guy he grew up rich, you guys are two different type of black people. Yeah. Okay, if you grew up with both parents, if you grow one parent, you're two different type of black people. And if you're from another country, a lot of black people here are racist towards other black racists from Africa. Mm-hmm. Right? right. So it's like, where do we start? <laughs> exactly. To, divide things i mean things are so divided anyway right you
1: know what i mean yeah Uh so in a way it's it's not really even racism it still is but it's really just this these horrible stereotypes that we've just fallen into just going with that flow of these things and not stopping to say hey why do we feel like that belief system yeah exactly it's all about what you've been told what's how you've been programmed it's
0: intersectionality
1: yeah there's, uh... But can you imagine living in the fifties though, like before Martin Luther King Jr. before all of it feeling that type of oh my, it's like it's it gives me chill bumps. It's hard to imagine being a black person. All four in those of my times.
2: grandparents left in the fifties. They left Alabama in the fifties. Uh, right. All four of my grandparents are from Alabama. Um, two of them were from North Alabama, and two were from the deep deep South, like Mobile area. Mm-hmm. And they left in the 50s because in Huntsville, um, people were still allowed to go to your house, they had a problem with you, and the police wouldn't come. So, mm-hmm. you know, you might have a yeah. lynch mob of guys come. Mm-hmm. And no protection. No protection. You had to protect yourself. with your, You had the brothers, uncles, this, that, and others. So right. they still allow people to be killed or the law to be taken in their own hands with people coming to them. But like I said, at the same time, when Black people killed black people in Alabama, then they weren't charged.
0: Hey, money. Uh, Lovecraft Country is about a uh, a, the son of a guy. The, the, the son is, I think, mid 20s. Uh, the main character, yes,
1: college age,
0: yeah, college age. Right. Uh, he went, he was in the army mm-hmm. and he was discharged and he was. Uh, I think living in like New Orleans. Okay. Mm-hmm. And his father published or had something to do with a book called "The Safe Negro Travel Guide." Okay. And what that was was kind of like a AAA triptych, right? But for black people, like it's a book that you could get
1: a hotel room or places gas that were safe
0: for black yeah. people. Okay. So if you're traveling from here to Dallas, Texas, you would call up this group and they would give you a guide and it would be like, these are the places where you can stop and eat, yes, you know, that are uh, friendly, right? you know, and um, so that's where that ties in to what you were just saying. Right, right, right. You know, there was places where, you know, uh, when it comes down to the white supremacy talk, there have always been... Abolitionist minded people, you know, I mean, not all white people that came here back in the day were all evil, right. you know, yeah. devils. Right. Exactly. Um, but it, it took a freaking war to end slavery. Right. And even though that war was won by the North, it wasn't won for the slaves. Exactly. You know what I mean? It was war, it was one on the backs of the slaves.
2: Exactly. And sla- and slaves were also even in the Civil War which right. benefited them, but fighting against the north. Yeah.
0: I mean yeah. there's we're gonna have people listen to this and they're like, these guys don't have no idea what the hell they're talking yeah. about. But this is our ex- this is our perspective, right. you know. Right. I mean I I'm coming from the place I'm forty five years old, I'm a white dude, and I'm still learning. Yeah. You mm-hmm. know. I'm still my eyes are wide open, my ears are open, and I'm learning about all this stuff. Right. And,
1: and that's uh, all you can do. I mean, it's you know accepting that it's it exists, it's a real thing and, and just being being open to understanding how it affects other people. I mean, you so know, we need if, more of that.
2: If any of us move to like Hong Kong, they're, they're not going to want you there.
1: Exactly. Okay? Yeah. yeah exactly. And, and like I
2: say, with Mexico, uh, if we moved, if we moved to uh, Somalia, it's not going to be right for us. You right. understand? Exactly. So
0: we could have a whole nother podcast yeah. on <laughs> globalism mm-hmm. and you know yeah. the anthropology of societies and because Mexico with it being directly attached mm-hmm. uh. to what some people have always claimed as being the freest country in the world <laughs>
3: mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> for that for Mexico to be so you know uh, tore up lawless yeah. yeah it's almost like Canada
2: yes i was just about to say canada <laughs> those guys they have man. no enemies canadians have no enemies <laughs> right no, have they nah. ever been bombed
1: no okay that's what okay. i was thinking
2: it's too damn cold oh, has
3: canada been bombed
2: <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah so
1: so the the um, love bombs <laughs> so the 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 video we watched on youtube um with with the, this author matt ruff mm-hmm. um you know talking about the book you know he bring he he actually read a, a little bit out of the book and kind of give you an insight into some of the stuff that the character the main character what um what is his name again the main character Atticus Atticus yeah the main um like getting pulled over at one point when he's you know driving across the country mm-hmm. and and you know the guidebook issue with the police and there's a lot of cool things that really did tie into the kind of stuff that we're seeing right now, the things that people are out there protesting for mm-hmm. right now. So I thought that, again, going back to what we were talking about earlier, this is an absolute phenomenal time for this kind of... And it brings the funny, the sci-fi, the the sexiness with Letitia being so... I mean, she's freaking gorgeous. And then, you know, their relationship. And I'm, I'm thinking this is going to be pretty, pretty cool.
0: So Jonathan Myers... Jonathan Majors plays Atticus Freeman... Mm-hmm. He's the main character. Um,
1: what has he been in something else? I feel like I've seen him somewhere else. Or is this like his like a premiere for him? Like, I'll have to look that up and find out.
0: No, he's been in a bunch of stuff. I okay. mean, I mean, not he a bunch. Looks familiar, but he, he was in the Five Bloods.
1: Was that on Netflix? Yeah, it's a Spike Lee joint. Okay.
3: Um,
0: Jungle Land, Gully. Okay. The last black man in san francisco
1: okay mm-hmm.
2: um white boy rick
1: so he's had the last a last black years.
2: man in san francisco who is it jerry jerry rice <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, display. jerry rice <laughs> yeah. starring jerry rice <laughs> 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 Wide receiver.
0: <laughs> no. what, what other team did he play for?
2: Redskins. The, when he got weave, he went to the Raiders. Yeah, <laughs> <He laughs> some weave. Did
0: you hear that the Redskins are now just called that's the right. Washington?
3: Oh, they officially. It's like just the
0: they? Washington football team.
1: I don't know why they. Why oh, would they wow. do that? They're, what's oh, What's wrong?
3: With oh, that's a just, whole thing. Well, yeah,
1: you know, that's the that's one of the dumbest things I can. I don't.
0: I don't think it's dumb. I think you know. I think. Uh, the, the 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 Cleveland Indians have uh, Chief Wahoo. Who the hell is that? <laughs> that's that's
3: the name of these man. That's the mascot. That's oh. the
0: mascot. Oh shit! I think they tried to
2: give, eliminate Chief Wahoo. Isn't it Chief Wahoo? That's what I think. I, I see Major League, the movie.
3: Yeah. Oh, that's a classic. That was a classic. Yeah. Oh, you know what? I was thinking of a leak of their own.
1: Allego the Own was good. That was good though. too. Yeah, that was pretty good. With all good, the too. women, yeah. yeah, all the women. God. had
3: that tank tank girl in it. I forget her name. Um, Madonna was in it. Madonna was yes. in it. But real quick, Rosie
2: O'Donnell. Mm-hmm. Oh shit! Bringing it
3: home. I think most people are like excited about Lovecraft Country because of uh, Jordan Peele's name yes. kind of being attached to right. it. Um, so I'm if just this kind of, is
1: as good as Get Out in any exactly. way, if he brings that, it's gonna be like it's gonna be great.
3: Exactly, and he's yeah. got. The, the length, the running time of a film like kind of per episode right. to kind of have a, have his hand involved. Yeah. But so what are you guys' kind of expectations of uh, just what he's going to bring to this series as far as like his angles? Like we're talking about race, but like what kind Who's of... Who's that? Um, Jordan Peele. Do you think? Well,
0: I think he's... I don't know how much of a hand he has in it. Mm-hmm.
3: Just like as an executive producer, like...
0: Yeah,
1: because he's a...
0: I think... Um, you know, because I think each episode will be directed by somebody else, kind of like your uh, your other series now. Um, like uh, Misha Green, I think she directed some of uh, Heroes. Uh, she directed um, the under the Underground. Is that what that show was called? The Underground. That was. Uh, I'm not sure. That was um like a Civil War era mm-hmm. show. I think I might be completely wrong. Um, Journey Smollett, is she related to, to juice, do you say, or is, I don't think
3: she's in a relationship. She's Smollett. Yeah, yeah. She's, yeah, it is her, uh, her brother. Seriously. Mm-hmm, yeah. Um,
2: she might need to get married. He did last name change. Right. She yeah. was in, <laughs> he, brought,
0: he brought shame on mm-hmm. that name. She was in Friday Night Lights and The Great Debaters, True Blood. She was okay. a big okay. star in True Blood. Oh, really? Have you
1: gotten any introduction to her character as you've been kind of flipping yes. through the book? Okay, mm. does she have a a mixed heritage background? What does I, she bring to it I for being a white, a lighter skinned? I don't. Woman I don't coming into so. this. So
0: I haven't gotten that far into okay. her character. I just know that he hooked up with like he didn't hook up, but he uh, Atticus runs into her. Uh, Fairly quickly, when he arrives into town where his uncle lives, Mm -hmm. um, he runs into her. Okay. The uncle is played by Courtney Vance. (laughs) He was uh, one of the best characters in Hamburger Hill back in the eighties. I think it was eighty-seven. I remember Hamburger Hill. Yeah, I mean he's been in everything. Great great movie. He was an ER. He was. uh, I mean any. Power TV show in the eighties, nineties. ER,
2: he was in. He wasn't uh, in Twenty One Jump Street, was he? Uh,
3: Dookie House. He probably
0: was. He was on an episode <laughs> I see today. He was in Law and Order, oh, yeah. Boston Public. Oh shit! Oh man, you know he man. was in the movie Naked. Oh, I was Naked City. I don't even remember that one. Me either. 12 Angry Men, The Preacher's Wife. Oh, yeah. I remember that. The Boys Next Door, The
2: Affair. The
0: these last all summer. sound
3: like porn movie names. The <laughs> Tuskegee <tough, that laughs> Airmen, 12 Angry minds.
2: Men. Oh, Dangerous Minds. Yeah. Uh, th- th- that song will never go away. <laughs> Gangster's Paradise.
0: And then uh, the, the father, who they go looking for, because what happens in the beginning of the show, they, they need to find uh, Atticus's father and um so they have to go find him and by god he's in lovecraft country ah, so yes. they have to go into lovecraft wow. country and um they have to go find michael k williams the the actor and he's been in a ton of stuff Devin, you mentioned omar omar
3: from the wire oh, yes
2: how'd he get that part Shit. I don't who
0: know. wants to find omar Happen Leonard uh, Happen Leonard was a very funny did you ever watch Happen Leonard mm. that was a show that was on Netflix and it was pretty funny Happen Leonard
3: Happen Leonard
0: mm, I never heard of that
3: Mm-mm.
0: so uh, we're gonna wrap up this episode we're gonna Happen and and Leonard.
3: Leonard I thought you were saying Happen Leonard
0: like, I I Happen Leonard what Um, So we'll be recording every Monday and I'll be dropping each episode Monday night. Um, And uh, we will be kind of uh, not necessarily critiquing the episodes, but we're going to explain what us as a diverse group bring or get out of the uh, show as it happens. And, uh, And we'll see how much of us are on the same page when it comes to the macabre, uh-huh. uh, yes. and the the sentient uh, energy of Jordan Peele, Misha Green, H.P. Lovecraft, and Matt Ruff, right, yes, and uh-huh. racism, as it were, in uh, the
2: 1950s. How about uh, as it is in Kentucky right now? Yeah, stop at the fucking Waffle House, yeah. <laughs> North Kentucky. <laughs> Shit.
3: You've been listening to a Focal Point podcast for the Focal Point Cinema and Sound Company.